conditioning, the aftermath of narcissistic abuse. I chose you for that very reason. You were a perfect blank canvas. I could create into my own creation of a woman, end quote. I stood in shock and disbelief. I thought this whole eight years together, I was a pawn in your game. I was your plaything, and I was so dumb, dumb enough to let you. This was the moment of truth, the moment of truth and one of many in my life where I had to be blindsided, knocked against the head with this unsavory truth that the narcissist and my ex's intentions, maybe because of his own insecurities, I was not his first pick. I was not his ideal lover. However, I was his ideal lover because I was an open book. I was an open blank canvas. I was naive. I was young. We met at 17. I was sheltered and isolated. and I had zero street smarts. And of course, my own beautiful, lovely nature is I am a rose colored glasses type of a person. If you haven't seen the movie Trolls, and you don't have kids, I would suggest you go watch it just to watch a little bit of the beginning because I am Poppy and so are you. All of us empaths who have an open, kind heart, we are like Poppy. We do get back up again, yes, but we are the ultimate optimists. We are those people in the world who don't wanna see the bad in others. We wanna give people the benefit of the doubt over and over and they use that, the narcissists use that to use us to get what they want. And this is their tactic. So today we are uncovering how to decondition yourself from the narcissist, because while you're in the relationship with a narcissist, there are loads of ways that they have conditioned you and trained you to be in order for you to survive and for them to not get upset. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the Empath and Narcissist Podcast spiritual healing with human design, spirituality from trauma and narcissistic abuse. Here we are empowering empaths into their power and authentic self with human design after narcissistic abuse. It is here as a tool to help you bust out of the prison of narcissistic abuse, of being a victim from narcissistic abuse, and it allows you to be the architect for your own joy and peace in your life. Subscribe now. Human relationships are already an intricate dance, but when we pair the empath, the kind, bright-lighted, kind-hearted souls with a narcissist, we can get a spell for disaster. And I'm not saying that us empaths are pure and white and we're innocent, we have our wounds, we have our shadows, we have egos just like everyone else. Uh, however, we're just more easily manipulated by the narcissist, unfortunately. And it's a beautiful thing that you have this beauty and this open, kind-hearted, just like I do. But it's imperative to start to develop discernment and start to develop the ability to read between the lines. And this is a skill that we must develop to go forward in life so we don't get stuck in another toxic relationship that may also be with a narcissist. 
Now, narcissists are extremely cunning. They have their charms. So I'm not just going to say that only the dumb people fall for them. There are successful experts and guests, even attorneys that have been guests on my show that have been conned by the narcissist. And that's really what it is, is a con because the narcissist is so charming and is so good at hiding their true nature until they have you locked in. And then they start this trauma bond pattern where some conflict occurs in the relationship, something goes wrong. You say, this isn't right. Wait a second, I'm leaving. And then they come running after with their tail tucked. They fake the empathy. They fake the apology. They do all the things to win you back in the game of the apology game. That's what they play. And then you go, okay, this person's apologized. They were great with to me in the beginning, and I'm just going to give them another chance. And then another thing happens, and you're like, this is insane. No, I'm not going to do this. And then they do the same thing. And so the pattern repeats over and over, and you start to take blame for the conflict in your relationship. They're very good at passing off the blame in this. So this right here is already a conditioning of, you know, the trauma bond conditions us as empaths to take the blame. The other things that they condition us to do is to walk on eggshells. Tiny little movements here and there. Don't make them upset because they're going to be really mad. And then when they're really mad, they overreact. They blame us for everything and it just makes everything uncomfortable. And to be honest, you don't ever know what that's going to be what trigger is going to happen. You don't know. There's no consistency in what you've done to when they just get upset because they're always upset. They're always triggered themselves. They're insecure people. And if it's not perfect, it's not good. This is this devaluation stage after the idealization phase, right? Where the narcissist begins to shower the empaths with affection and admiration creating a false sense of security and importance. Now, it's more than just the dating phase. It's like every day, every hour, all the time. And you think, wow, what flattery this person really is into me. No, that is the red flag. A healthy person who's really into you gives you time and space, can go for a whole 24 hours without talking to you. So the narcissist is a very clingy it's called an attachment style is this affection is poured onto you due to the clinginess of them and depending on how sly they are they may detect that you also have low self-esteem you may have had a, a loss in the family a recent breakup um some sort of thing right and so they can sense that you are in need of this affection and no one else around you is giving it to to you as much as they are and so they're winning by essentially playing the lottery and buying all in and all of the lottery tickets and you you for some whatever reason that is in your psyche and, and whatever in your wounds you drink it up it's what you needed but unfortunately what you need is that in a healthy dose the devaluation stage the second stage is when the narcissist slowly undermines your self-esteem. And because the blow that you forgive them when they come back, it's because all of the tiny little paper cut self-esteem things that they have knocked you down for leading up to it. 
in a loving tone, in a way that just says, hey, like, I'm doing this for your own good. But really, they are knocking your character down little by little by little. And they're leading you to question your own worth and, you know, sometimes even your own sanity. But before the sanity, it definitely starts with your worth. So you rely on the narcissist for the validation because they've put this seed in your head about this. And if other people outside of you don't have a doubt about you and they have a doubt about the narcissist, then the narcissist will then devalue their character and them. And then all you have is to look to the narcissist for validation and praise and more devaluation. Healthy relationships don't de-evaluate you. They don't disvalue you. Healthy relationships are lifting you up. They can give you constructive feedback and criticism, but they lift you up while they give it to you. It's not something minor like, oh, well, you're always so forgetful. See, you're forgetting this, you're forgetting that. Or, you know, it's a real woman has their nails done all the time and never lets her nails chip. It's things like that and while they're looking at your chipped nails and you're like, oh, I'm not a real woman. Like, my nails are chipped. Like, no, no, stop thinking that, right? But you start to absorb all of their lies because they're conditioning you to, oh, but don't worry, I'll, I'll buy you a manicure and I'll always make sure you're set up on a monthly basis to get a manicure. I'll treat you, don't worry, right? So it's in these very cunning ways that they do this. And then eventually it can lead to the discard phase. But we're talking about conditioning right now, which is not the discard phase. This is the devaluation phase. So the conditioning tools can, well, the conditioning that they place into you could also be, you're so flaky. You never commit to something. You know, you you started this book, but you're not, now you're starting another book. You haven't finished that book. What are you doing, right? Things like that where it's just small and they're questioning why you do things or cutting you down here. If you have multiple books, on your nightstand, then I'm kind of probably going to guess you're a manifesting generator. And that's your natural way. You, you start things, you initiate, and you experiment, you dabble. Dabbling is great. Dabbling is amazing. Being a flittery around butterfly is not a bad thing. But the narcissist, and even sometimes society, conditions you to say, oh, well, that's flaky. Oh, well, or what they'll say is, I've had the same career my entire life. Looking at you like, that's the way it should be. Kind of eye contact where you're like, but I didn't. I don't. And I quit my job because of this, because I wasn't happy. And that should be valiant, right? And if you're in a strong mindset, you're like, good for you. That's not my path. But when you're not sure about yourself, you look up to this person. They've kind of poured all this love into you, this attention you kind of doubt yourself. You're like, oh, should I be in a career my entire life? Because I'm not. Like, I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried this. I'm an entrepreneur, right? A serial entrepreneur. And yes, one of those ideas maybe has not taken traction yet and generated you an enormous amount of wealth or consistent income, but that doesn't matter. As a manifesting generator, here's your deconditioning tool as human design. As that that type as a manifesting generator, 
It allows you to ebb and flow and follow the breadcrumbs. Generators too, you follow your breadcrumbs and the breadcrumb trail is not a straight path. The breadcrumb trail is not one final destination and that's where you stay. The breadcrumb trail goes around and curves and this and that, and it doesn't judge. It doesn't say, oh, well, that breadcrumb trail is less curvy than mine, or that breadcrumb trail is, you know, fancier or shinier than mine. That's what we do when we compare ourselves, which allows doubt in our mind, which allows the narcissist to just fuel that fire more. And this is not what we want. We want to secure ourselves on our own path and don't worry about the other paths. So there's different ways that the narcissist will then condition us. If you are a projector, you have a slower pace and then you have a short, you know, and then you have a burst of energy to get stuff done, but it's not this constant perpetual cycle. Then the generator who has that perpetual cycle narcissist is going to be like, you were lazy. What are you doing? Always sitting on the sofa. You're always laying and sitting on the, 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 the bed and watching TV. Why aren't you up here helping me with the chores? I always have to do everything. That could be probably more, more than likely the female narcissist is saying this, but that projector, that open sacral can help when they have that burst of energy to help you. But depending also on if they have an open root center, then yeah, maybe they'll jump up and help you and then go sit back down. If they have a defined root center, then they're not gonna get up for anything until that root says that motor starts to get up to the upside. They'll be like, yep, we can do that now, you know? So there's these dynamics that can happen in any relationship with anybody, right? Even healthy relationships that can be frustrating. But with a narcissist, they're going to now condition you that your type, your projector, that your character is lazy. You are lazy. And that is far from the truth. You have your own timing of when to get things done, and that happens in short bursts. So you have, you know, the thing I, I think is really fascinating about the manifester type, we'll go through each type since we're on a roll here. The manifester is the most intense type because they have that initiating like Aries type, just start something and, and get it going. They also have short bursts, but they have this intense energy that can intimidate people. So they actually can be the ones who are conditioned and punched down the most because I've met a couple manifestors where they just have been so conditioned out of their manifestor power. They're just like, didn't have that spark with them in it anymore. And all of us can relate to that too, right? The narcissist extinguishes the spark from us. And this is the saddest part is when I see someone go, oh, I don't, I don't do that. I don't have that power. Really? I have power? Yes, you have power within you. And the manifester has the power to see a crack, see a, a little, you know, opportunity or a sliver and go, boom, let's bust that open with the wide chisel. Let's go for it. This is the opportunity to expand here, do this here. And the narcissist doesn't want anyone to be more powerful than them. They don't want anyone to be better than them or appear to be better than them, whatever the case. So they're going to use all the tactics to push your power down to block you from even feeling your power and to diminish your light. These are all the ways that narcissists condition us. But we can certainly 
be able to get deconditioned from the narcissist. The reflector, they are the mirror that the narcissist hates to look at because this mirror of the reflector in relationships, we heal and grow, we trigger each other so that we can grow and evolve. The narcissist does not want to grow and evolve. They don't want to grow up. They don't want to look, peek into the box, look into their wounds. No, 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 thank you. We're not going to ever do that as a narcissist. We're never going to take responsibility. So therefore, any reflector in their life, which is rare, it's only 1% of the population. If you are a reflector and you have a narcissist in your life, they are going to perpetually make you question yourself and your character and everything because you're going to be majorly gaslit because they don't want to look in the mirror. They don't want to grow or feel that trigger or see that mirror, right? You're a reflection to all of us. You amplify all of our energies. And if they don't like that, then you're going to get major backlash. So the things that you can do to help decondition yourself from narcissistic abuse and walking on eggshells and making you feel like you are nothing, making you feel like you have a bad memory, you're ugly, you aren't woman enough, you're not, you know, pretty enough, you're not worthy enough, all the things. They've cheated on you, so now you feel like that's a proof that you aren't pretty and beautiful. The reason I stayed with my narcissist is because I feared for eight, well, yeah, for eight years, I feared that no one else would love me. The first two years, those were the idealization period for me. And then the rest of the eight years was just constant. Like, what can I do to improve our relationship? What did I do wrong? How can I fix this? You can't fix something that doesn't want to be fixed. The other person has to be willing to put in the work too, and the narcissist doesn't. So when I found, after leaving this, I'd rather not, you know, I, I left because I was like, well, this is like, I can't take it anymore. I would rather live a lonely old hag. Nobody loves me except for my cats. Then that's, so be it, that's my life. And I accepted it. It was not the truth at all, but in my head, it was the truth. So once I just accepted that truth and said, I would rather live lonely old hag than be with this constant torture. This person who is constantly, like has been for forever, right? He just told me at the end, you are a blank canvas. I could morph you into whatever woman I wanted. And he did. I looked exactly like his mother. It was creepy. Pulled a picture just a few months ago out from old pictures. And it was, I shared it with Narc Abuse TV. And he was like, whoa, creepy. I look just like her. He morphed me into his mother. And a lot of the times, especially narcissists, we all do. We all have mommy and daddy issues that we need healed through relationships. But the narcissist will then <laughs> recreate that figure in you and then never fix the problem, never heal it. They'll just continually be triggered by the problem and by you. Crazy. I know it's crazy. So I left the relationship. I found spirituality outside of the church. I tried to go to the church and that also backfired. And there was, there's so many wounded people everywhere. It doesn't really matter. Like if there's something organized, yes, we're going to run into wounded people. So if church works for you, beautiful. If a temple or uh, 
you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, it works for you. Amazing. Just general spirituality that worked for me. I felt like this was such a spiritual awakening when I left my ex that that's just why I always talk about spiritual growth related to healing from narcissistic abuse, because it really is this awakening moment. You see the darkness, you see the evil, and now you've got this spiritual awakening. I was a zombie all my life, just kind of obeying all the rules that were in front of me and all of the toxic, masculinative, oppressive stuff I just accepted. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, nope, I don't accept this anymore. And then I discovered human design through my spiritual journey. And that just opened the floodgates because it's this huge, powerful self-discovery tool that helps you essentially erase, knock down, punch down, burn up, whatever you want to call it, all of the lies and the conditioning that the narcissist and the toxic society around us, maybe you've been conditioned since childhood to finally erase. I hear time and time again in all of the readings and the, the beautiful empaths that I meet talking about their chart. It's always been like, yeah, I've always been told that, you know, I wasn't good enough or I was always scatterbrained or whatever. And this is so affirming to know that this is part of my design. This is really, truly who I am. And now you get to do the growth and work through it. Or now you get to just embrace it. That's who you are. Some things through your human design are there for you to embrace and just wave your freak flag and be like, yep, that's me. And I'm proud of it. And then there's other things in your human design chart that show you where you can grow and mature into. And it allows you to draw boundaries because now, for instance, I always share this example. I have an open will center. The open will center people, especially empaths, are the ones most susceptible to being, you know, scammed, all for scams, to be convinced like a zombie that this particular religious rules are good and then you just kind of like follow suit um obviously you're sold things really easily that this open will center and then the narcissist convinces you of what to do and what the agenda is and how to be in a relationship that all stems from the open will center and i have experienced all four of those uh, having that open will center so now I know I can spot, you know, a scam and a narcissist a mile away. And I now have this open will center awareness. And now I draw boundaries. Now I guard myself and I say, okay, this email looks fishy, like literally fishing. No, I'm not even going to open it. Like you just can see it, see it. This person hasn't said sorry yet ever, or this person's kind of, awkwardly always talking about themselves and hasn't asked me about me I'm going to take that as a red flag so now you have these boundaries and you just go okay I'm not going to dive all in in this next relationship I'm just going to observe it for a while in the back seat put my boundary up put my guard up and be like let's put on the discernment glasses instead of keeping the rose colored glasses on so when you have that awareness about your different centers you're able to know exactly where to draw your boundaries, which I think is really powerful because boundaries is a hot topic right now. But what does that mean? Oh, draw boundaries, draw boundaries, draw boundaries. Okay, what does that mean exactly? 
Okay, put your discernment glasses on. Don't open the email. Don't go further in that relationship because you are seeing the red flags. And also put your poker face on. You know, if you have an open will center, learn how to do the poker face. Not show any interest, not show excitement, and just be like, hmm, interesting, and then be able to walk away. And then, like, if we're talking about buying something, then if you really want to buy something, you've given it some thought, and then you can go back in with your strategy. So another big one about boundaries that we can talk about specifically is the open will center. A lot of empaths I talk to have an open will center. This is also that walking on eggshells type of energy. If you have it open, you are amplifying the feelings and emotions of whomever you're around. And so if you're always amplifying it, this is kind of what Eckhart Tolle describes as empaths absorbing emotions and everything like a sponge. That's exactly what the solar plexus, open solar plexus is doing. So now you're like, oh, now I know I'm doing that. Now I can guard myself up and almost pretend like there's a shield in front of you so you're not absorbing those feelings and emotions. That's not your problem now. If they're upset about something that you didn't directly do, I'm sorry you're upset. You're thinking in your mind, but not my problem, right? That's not your emotion to amplify and take on. And this can apply for even parenting. You can do this in a loving way, but also not take it on so that you can then teach your children to be responsible and figure out how to work through whatever struggle they're working through. So I think it's really empowering. I mean, human design is incredible for relationships, building healthy relationships, uh, knowing like how to be and act in your strategy for business, healing from narcissistic abuse and parenting. It's just a great uh, system. And the system is a combination. You know, it combines astrology, which is the ancient, uh, also I Ching divination, the Chinese divination, the Kabbalah, the chakra system, and then the science of neutrinos. So really, the last thing I want to share with you is that human design helps you embrace your authentic self. You have been a chameleon. You have morphed and bent over backwards and still for what? For nothing, for more conflict with the narcissist. It never ends peacefully. It never stays peaceful. And all you've been doing is just not being yourself. You've never been authentic with them because they don't want you to be authentic. They want you to be molded into whatever they want for their own needs just as I wrote in my first book Empath and the Narcissist that's all they want so then you can't be your authentic self therefore you can't shine your authentic light and we all are here for a purpose and when you stay with a narcissist you can't fully ultimately be your best self and there, there's this constant air of judgment about them and it's taken me a long time to decondition this out of my body, even just speaking about things like this or speaking my truth. That's why this podcast is so healing for me. I wasn't able to speak my truth before. I was not able to just speak up and have the difficult conversations. It was really scary to me because I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to have the argument. I didn't want to have the lecture of like, oh, well, that's so stupid because blah, 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 blah. So I wouldn't speak up. And even now, it's like sharing 
my truths, sharing my story has been a really heal, healing process in writing and speaking because I've had to decondition. If I say this thing, then they're going to judge me or I'm going to hear it or, you know, someone else is going to judge me. And you just can't like that's that's what the narcissist has conditioned you to do, not be your authentic self. But I can't be my powerful spiritual mentor to you. I can't be a powerful coach and podcaster if I'm worried about what judgments are going to come. I have to speak my truth and I have to speak my passions. And of course, through love, through correct information and all the things, I can totally hear the narcissist saying the same thing. He's like, yeah, but you're speaking hate and you're speaking false information out there. Be authentic. Double check your facts. You know, share your truth and share your feelings, um, which you can't do with a narcissist. Am I correct? Can I get an amen? I don't know. Just can't. So <laughs> embracing your authenticity is through your astrology chart and through your human design chart, because it is literally the energy blueprint of who you are. And we can be conditioned away from that so easily and then it just is your self-discovery journey of finding who you are in order for you to get stronger and stronger every day. It's like going to the gym is like going into your human design chart. Little bit by little bit, you will understand more and more. So the way that you can learn more about human design with me is, again, through the very last chapter of Empath and the Narcissist. If this really called to you and you're in the depths of understanding what is happening. Am I with a narcissist? I have 20 plus exercises in this book, the inner child guided meditation, EFT tapping, astrology, meeting your healed ancestor meditation, so much more. So there is a chapter on human design there. And then a full book about human design is my newest book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong. It is a human design guide workbook. It has shadow work in here, more guided meditations, and all about the human design, what it is, how to read your chart, each gate, journal, sections, prompts, understanding the incarnation cross, um, the definitions, the profile lines, the centers. There's a thorough explanation about human design and how to read your chart. So go to the gym in this book every day and pass guide to rising strong. It is brand new out on Amazon and paperback. And um, you can grab your free ebook in the link in the description. The journey to finding yourself deconditioning yourself after narcissistic abuse can be a long one. Like I said, we have to lift the five pound weights before we can lift the 50 pound weights but it's also a great discipline to have and actually this is a really great time now to start that discipline of finding your authentic self through either astrology human design or even just your spiritual meditations the new moon february um 5th i believe is coming up in aquarius in Aquarius season. I love it when it's like double, just like last time it was um, Sagittarius. Yeah, it was a new moon in Sagittarius and Sagittarius season, if I recall. No, I can't remember. Either way, it's happened recently where there, were two, there was the sun and the new moon together 
in the same zodiac. And what's really powerful about that is you get a double whammy of starting some new resolve, starting something new that will stick because Aquarius is a fixed sign. Fixed is stubborn. Fixed is like, let's do this and let's put our feet in the ground and stay till we get it done. So if there's something that you've been struggling to get done, this is great energy building up to it to set an intention to start to do now. And human design is a great tool. It's a powerful tool of self-discovery and transformation for you to allow yourself to specifically know how to set your boundaries, how to guard yourself up. And in a reading, I can explain to you more about which areas are more susceptible to narcissists than others. And I can talk more specifically to your chart in a reading. You can also grab that in the link in the show notes. Wouldn't you agree that breaking free from those imposed conditionings and expectations and judgments, it sounds so amazing. And yes, it can be done. You can do it. If I did it, me little wimpy little me can do it. You can do it. I was ready to just live alone like an old crone with cats. If I can do it, you can do it. I promise you. I am not a strong person. I may appear strong now, but I've just been going to the spiritual gem for a long time, about 12 years now. And you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. You can break free from the conditioning of the narcissist, from all of that stuff stuck in your body. And, you know, talking about bodies, I wanted to offer you an opportunity to join right before the new moon, which would be perfect, my somatic healing workshop, I'm going to be sharing with you how to release all of the stress and the triggers somatically out of your body. We're going to be doing loads of things like dancing. Don't be afraid. <laughs> but we're going to be doing a little bit of some body movement. Let's say that. We're going to be burning some sage. We're going to be doing two special, uh, one meditation and two special mantras. And you'll have all of this to have in your back pocket to be able to release all of the triggers somatically from your body. It's really important. And that way you'll also be able to release the conditioning from your body because you're releasing the stress and the pain from the narcissist from your body. And so I'm offering that workshop pay as you go. You could do a dollar, $10, 20. That's live on a Zoom. February 4th, Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So join me for that. The link is also in the description and we'll see you then. Until next time, I'm wishing you so much healing power and strength. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. Losing time, I'm fading fast I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose, what do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need what you need we're broken it's tragic we're not all elastic but maybe